Hi, friends, and welcome to Screen Vomit, the only movie podcast for normal people. I am, of course, your host, Kayla, and with me, as always, is my twin, Kali J. Hi, sweet babies. And with us today, longtime vomit heads know we are typically a podcast for normal people. However, this week, we got ourselves a dang movie genius to join us for the pod. Um, Our guest is an actor. He's been in such things as Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a bunch of rockin' music videos from bands y'all know, Um, and he's got some cool stuff coming up soon, too. And friends, that would be uh, our new friend, actor Galen Howard. Hello! Yay! Thanks for having (laughs) me. Yeah. Of course. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so stoked to have you here. Totally. Yeah, so uh, Kayla and I were actually, I don't know if you were going to tell this, Kayla. What? Um, When we were, Kayla and I were recently together. We live in separate states, but we were recently together on a vacation. Mm -hmm. And um, this was like right after... Uh, Galen, you had agreed to to hop on as a guest, mm-hmm. and uh, I had not seen you in anything. I was like, oh, I don't, I hadn't seen you in Brooklyn Nine Nine or Agents of Shield or anything that Kayla had. How and dare so you! Kay- I know, I'm not a true fan. I <laughs> need to call, rude. <laughs> call myself out at the top. Not a true Howard head. Uh, <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> but we watched uh, a short film you were uh, a lead in. Uh-huh. And I have no idea what it was called now. Kayla, do you remember? Um, it's the one where you like fall in love with a mannequin. Oh, uh, oh yes. Oh, do you yeah. know what I'm talking um, about? She Rob's makes you problem. get her arms. Yeah. Rob's problem, yes. yes. We finished it, and it's a weird movie, man. I'm not trying to call you out or anything, but we finished it, and I was like, oh, boy. All right. I don't really want to. What a wild plot. <laughs> It, it 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 goes some places, yeah. That was a, yeah. that was a fun one. That was a that was a wild ride, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, you did great in it. Yeah. <laughs> go I on, was, go on. I was uh, terrified of your character who was murdering women to become mannequins. Uh, right? Uh, well, yeah, it's kind of a, there's a bit of a Frankenstein element to it. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, yeah, it's 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 a bizarre premise, but there's um, you know, it's it's always a challenge to take something like that so um, such a bizarre premise and kind of humanize it. That's always the challenge with that. I mean, I, I end up, um, you know, I'm, I consider myself a character actor and play, and usually uh-huh. find myself in a lot of very outlandish premises that I get dropped into. So it's always a challenge to take that and. Like I said, humanize it, make it, it, you know, find that like human need, you know, beyond all of the craziness. That's so interesting. I never even thought about it from the actor's perspective of what it must be like to be handed a script. And it's like, all right, this is about the (laughs) absolute maniac, (laughs) yeah, the perviest weirdo, you know, and you have to portray him, but also make him like, try your best to make him sympathetic. He's Mm -hmm. kind of the protagonist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, w- well done. I'm so happy to know that there is more behind it, uh, that there's an actual process rather than just like, oh, right, I'm the mannequin fucker in this one. Let's get going. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, no, I, I, you leave that to the rest of the audience. It's like, oh, whoa, it's a mannequin <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. To me, that seems like more fun, like being those kind of like insane, you know, off the wall characters. Right, right. Well, yeah. yeah, and it's, well, and it's, and, and that, that film is so interesting because it takes that idea of this, first it humanize, it literally humanizes this, this perversion. You know, like mm-hmm. literally making mm-hmm. the mannequin real, totally. and then and then it turns it turns the perversion on him. Mm-hmm. It first humanizes it, then it turns it against him at the end, which is a it's really right. it's yeah it's really fun that way. Yeah, that's interesting. I have so much more respect for it now <laughs> because I I'm a total baby brain when I watch movies. Sure, I sure. just like it just goes in my head and I'm like, that's, that's the movie. Duh, duh, duh. And it's not until I actually like say it out loud or talk about it. I'm like, Oh, there's actual thought and intention behind it rather than just like, Oh, we made a movie about what if we fucked the mannequin and like, (laughs) yeah, I guarantee you that's not, yeah, I guarantee you that's not, that was not the process. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it is, they, I mean, that was the challenge. They really, they really wanted to make it a, you know, a, a, a love story at the bottom of it, but also, you know, like how, basically how someone's loneliness, I mean, turns on, uh, turns on other people and then turns on him, you know? And I mean, I think well that's, done. that's really what it's about. There's, yeah. Yeah. Interestingly, it's some of those themes actually carry over into the film we're discussing today. They do. Yeah. You are not wrong. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Perversion and loneliness, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also was wondering, like, how did you decide to become an actor even? I mean, you've been doing it for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I, I got the I got the bug as a kid. Um, I'm living in Los Angeles now, but was from Northern California originally and um, started acting in plays and um, in high school and, and post high school after post high school education. And, um, and it was just a, it was a gradual thing of just getting as much experience as I could in that area and then moving on from there. But it was, it was always just a, a need. I always had an, an active imagination was always a diehard storyteller and totally. it always came yeah. from, it always came from that. It's always about just putting yourself in the story, looking, finding what the story is and how you fit into it. And that's yeah. always, uh, that's always intrigued me. That rules, man. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That seems like such a scary thing to do. <laughs> sure. It, no, it, I love it because, like, it's really just like how you. I don't know. Um, correct me if I'm putting words in your mouth here, mm-hmm. but like, it feels like it's just your process to. I mean, I think everyone kind of does this uh, in their lifetime to mm-hmm. just understand humanity and to you know, you talk about finding your connection in the story where you fit mm-hmm. in. And I mean, it's really just kind of like, it sounds like your need to fulfill that is so vital. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that is spot on. I mean, because that's what that's what storytelling is. It's a reflection of humanity. It's always been a way to understand the the, the human condition mm-hmm. more. It's totally. and a way to continue it and a way to, to keep learning from it, to take those lessons and pass them on to in one way or another. And so for for the actor, it, yeah, it's a matter of taking those ideas and and then embodying that and then finding where you fit in and it's it, yeah and there is hmm. that that sense of where do you fit in where do you fit into humanity itself what's the overall message that you're you're conveying huh. wow. yeah what do you think 
Because <laughs> I'm taking everything you're saying, and and this is great. All of this going on about what acting means to you and what it means to your perception of the self mm-hmm. and everyone else's perceptions of self. I don't think anyone... I mean, I know they did. I just want to hear the process behind whatever the movie we did today. Kayla, what's what? what's the what's the title of this movie we did today? <laughs> <laughs> the title of the movie that we did today, which Galen picked, was The Death of Dick Long. Ah, uh, yes. And our tells you what you need to know at the top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dick joke at the top, right? Dick joke at the top, right? right. Well, well, yeah. The um, well, it's worth it's worth mentioning. This is from Daniel Scheinert, one of the directors of a film you guys have done before, um, Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Man, hell yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't know when you suggested it, but I right. uh, was really excited to find out. Yeah, and it also right. made sense once I watched the movie. Totally, that really tracked. You know, with like exactly. You know, so right, you um. For Swiss Army Man, you know, you have to wait a few minutes before you get the fart joke. Um, for this one, you get the dick joke right at the title. Right up top. <laughs> so you know what you're getting into. You do. Totally. You do and you don't. Right. I mean, because, I mean, especially well, if you yeah. have if you have seen Swiss Army Man, you know, you th- that film is is such a wild ride. This one is very yeah. is a lot tamer. Has much more restraint. It definitely has much more restraint. Yeah. I mean, the it's a little more based is, in reality. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. The, yeah. the subject matter is definitely is no less controversial is uh, mm-hmm. certainly yeah, and also gets very dark, but it, it takes you about halfway before you really know what the movie is about. Right, right. Totally. So um, let's yeah. just run through the rest of the cast that we would know. Um, so from this movie, there's a bunch of comedians in it. Um, some notable ones that mm-hmm. I noticed was Sarah Baker, who's been in uh, yeah. Big Little Lies. She was in Mascots. Mm-hmm. She's like one of those people who's been on one episode of every TV show there ever was. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Santa Clarita Diet. She was on an yeah. episode of Louie back in the day. Yeah. 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 Fantastic actor. We have Sunita Mani, who plays uh, Earl's neighbor. Um, she's been on The Good Place. She's on Glow. Um, we have Jess Wexler, who plays Dick's wife, was in It Chapter 2. She's also the main person in Teeth. Yeah. Great and then Roy Wood Jr., who plays the doctor, is the correspondent on The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. those are pretty much like the main people that we'd know from other things. Like the main two guys really haven't been in like anything that uh big i guess michael abbott jr and andre highland yeah yeah andre highland has been in a lot of um a lot of independent work right directed a a film that came to sundance called the fourth and um was he's had a couple things at sundance yeah and he was in a um crazy movie called relaxer from the indie filmmaker joel petrikas couple years ago so yeah and then michael abbott jr has been in a lot of stuff from the uh, had smaller roles in a lot of films like from the um jeff nichols i believe yes it is jeff nichols yeah 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 he's had this is one of his first major starring roles in a, in a film like this so yeah they're, okay. and they're both fantastic oh yeah i mean they both rocked and uh mm-hmm. i think it was kind of intentional to pick you know, people who are a little less well known to, to add to the authenticity of the the storytelling in this too, 100%, which I thought totally. it was a cool choice. Yeah. Very good choice. Yeah. Um, Colin, do you want to run through the critic scores real fast? Rotten Tomatoes, we got a seventy five percent. Metacritic, we got a sixty nine. Nice out of a hundred. Nice. <laughs> Google users, 
71, right in the middle, right in between them. Yeah, the whole, all the scores are right, right down Gru- the middle. Yeah, so. grouped there together. All right, so let's watch the trailer, yeah. um, and then we'll get into the discussion. Caller. Hey, you know, motherfuckers want to get weird? You know, I normally don't call y'all about minor shit. This is a big deal. I get it. It's a whole nother ball game. Lord. Did you hear about the murders? Huh? Someone dropped this guy off from the ER. Brutally, brutally murdered. Murderer? Who the fuck's murderer? Where the fucking murderer? I guess we got a little carried away last night. Once I had a secret love. You know what, dude? What they do in Pulp Fiction? Call Anthony Kiedis. Now you think of Harvey Keitel, Anthony Kiedis is due from Red Hot Chili Shut the fuck up. You were with Dick last night. Yeah, I mean, for like, I mean, not really. I mean, yeah, but like, just for like a little while. I left early. He didn't come home. The S has hit the fan. What the S? I don't know what you're spelling, dude. Now, um, excuse me, please, lady. Dick is dead. What? Dick is short for Richard? Oh, yeah. How did he die? He fell on a table saw. He got shot by a hunter. Alcohol And my secret love's no secret anymore. Are you joking? So. Mm. All right. So, uh, Galen, you picked this movie. Had you had you seen it before this? This was on my list to see because I just I I've loved uh, Shiner's work for um, since his early short films and music videos all the way to Swiss Army Man and um, just the cast and everything else just completely compelled me and yeah you know, so it's been um, it's been on my list for a long time. Cool, for yeah. Sure. So we we had never seen it either. So yeah, this was interesting. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Um, I guess we can just you know start from the top. Um, it's an A twenty four film, which we love. Right. We start off meeting these three best friends. They're having band practice for their band Pink Freud. Incredible, okay. incredible mm-hmm. name. <laughs> and they were doing a "It's Been a While" by Stained cover, incredible. which was incredible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The music they choose to use in this movie was, um, it was just all perfect. Ugh. Very fitting, very fitting. Well, yeah, and it's, and it's fitting for the setting, you know, for the... Uh, right, right. Yeah, and, which, and that, that plays a big part in the film. Totally. They, try, they really tried to stick pretty authentically to the Alabama setting. Like, yeah. the director's from Alabama, the person who wrote this lived in Alabama for a while, um, right. the person who plays Zeke's wife is also from Alabama, um, so... Yeah, they really did try and make it like authentic to the location and to the people there, um, which I thought was really cool. And I think they did a good job with that. I had no idea this was set in out. Did it say it? No. Set in Alabama? Because this just felt like so I live in southern Indiana and this Mm -hmm. felt 
like, oh, this is happening down the road for me. This is happening, <laughs> like, in my town right now kind of thing. Well, it could be anywhere in the South. Totally. Think, but it's, right. just, it's just, like, I have, like, several friends who are just like this, who are, like, yeah, they're in their 30s, and they're still doing the exact same <laughs> thing that they did in, in high school. Just yeah, like right. just playing in their shitty band, drinking shitty beer, smoking shitty weed, and uh, doing causing getting, a ruckus. Yeah, causing a ruckus. That's all they do. <laughs> and like we see them have band practice, and then they have fun that night. They get weird, quote unquote, yeah. as they say in the as in the trailer. And mm-hmm. uh, I'll say it seemed tight. Like my the high schooler <laughs> in me was like, oh, what? <laughs> they're just getting high and shooting guns. <laughs> Where do I sign up? Setting right. up fireworks like that is extremely uh, Indiana as well. <laughs> Very right, like the one, uh, like yeah, like shooting off the one cannon between his legs. Mm-hmm. Incredible, yeah, because the firework is a is a wiener. Right. The <laughs> yes, the phallic firework. Yeah, and, yeah, which, which becomes the, the poster for the film as well. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> So, yeah, so they're doing wild boy shit, and then we get the title card. And after the title card, they're just driving to the hospital. We don't know what happened, right. except that we know that Dick is, like, bleeding profusely in the back seat. Right. So, yeah, kind of the Reservoir Dogs move. Yes, very. Yeah, and I at first was like, did I miss something? I don't know. Right. <laughs> like, right. So, yeah, get, yeah, get in late, get out early the, is uh, the screenwriting tool there. Yeah, the beginning of this movie, I would say, is so... It's pretty much straight comedy. Like everything that's happening is funny, even you when think? it's a little serious. At the beginning, I think so. Yeah, for oh, sure. Oh, at the beginning, yes. Sure, sure, sure. At the beginning, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they are, you know, trying to get this man to the hospital and they're doing all kinds of goofy shit. They pull him out of the car, they bonk his head on the ground. Like just everything is like very kind of slapstick and funny. Right. Well, everything is going wrong. Everything, every, yep. yeah, yeah. Even up to this point, yeah, they're trying to make the best move in the situation, in this terrible situation and then still everything everything is blowing up in their face yeah right but i feel like the the tone kind of changes later on but for now Mm -hmm. uh it's just straight up funny we're just rollicking yeah we're just rollicking we meet the the cop who comes into the er is like an old ass woman who's like drunk she's like walking with a cane and she's a police officer for this town like Mm -hmm. it's just it's straight humor. Right, right. It's everything is just left of what you'd expect. And but it all feels very it all feels very small town. It all feels like it, there are towns that are exactly like this. Totally. Yeah, for sure, totally. for sure. So they take his wallet for anonymity. Yes. And uh just dump his body there and we find <sighs> out that he passes away from rectal hemorrhaging and head trauma. Right. And of course, they do some jokes about there being semen in the rectum. Like, isn't that funny? There's weirdos in this town, uh, which I didn't love, but uh, we'll go with it. <laughs> sure. It's, yeah, it's, again, it's in keeping with the setting, but yeah, well, yeah. it doesn't, uh, yeah, it doesn't necessarily sit well. What would Alabamians say? Right. True. But I just still think. I mean, in this day and age, do we need, like, gay sex is funny jokes? I Uh, don't think so. (laughs) I mean, I don't think it it was necessarily a joke for the audience as much as just uh, as... Trying to joke on the people. Context building. Yes, it reveals 
reveals the culture and kind of just set, it provides the setting for for where this story goes and you know how it's yeah. and how it's received. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, it doesn't make it any it, you know it, it doesn't make it any more um, palatable, but I think that's kind of the idea. Yeah. So the two guys are um, kind of having their own reactions to what has happened. So one For of sure. the guys, Earl, is trying to skip town. He loads all his stuff up in his truck. Uh, which kind of becomes like a running joke for the rest of the movie is that he's like driving this truck around that has like this whole everything he owns in the back of it, basically. Correct, right. Uh, which is pretty funny. Additionally, I, this is this does not work well for an audio medium, but Earl's haircut is... Oh, yeah, the Caesar cut. This is right. Intense. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a bold choice. Like, this movie nails the setting and execution execution very well of like characters and setting and be and like i understood everyone i was like right yes he has this haircut so Definitely. he of course he's going to i talk know like this, this man you know right <laughs> yeah. right. Uh, right zeke has the uh bleach blonde that cheap bleach but it's grown out with the, yeah <laughs> with the roots with like half roots yeah. You know, that he just hasn't bothered. I literally know both of these men, which is hilarious to me. Yeah. Um, The guy who played Earl, what was his name? Andre Highland. Yeah. Yeah. Andre Highland. He actually picked a lot of his character traits. Um, (laughs) A lot of the stuff, a lot of his lines in this movie were improvised or were caught from just things he would say out loud on his own mm-hmm. and put into the movie. Um, right. Yeah, he comes from a, from an improv background, so that, that definitely yeah, makes sense. That tracks. Yeah. Um, I listened to some interviews with the director who was saying, like, yeah, when we cast him in this movie, he just came up and was like, yo, I feel like my character would have a Caesar cut and a vape mm-hmm. lot. And he was like, all right, well, that's what he does now. Yep, <laughs> that's great. I love that. <laughs> totally. Yeah, it totally works for. I I loved him in this movie. Like mm-hmm. everything he does uh, is gold. Yeah, <laughs> every every scene of his is so good. Very understated. It's very understated in a way. I mean, every. I mean, though his yeah. there, there's a lot of bold choices made in how his character is presented. You know, his performance itself is very understated, which I which contrasts it greatly. Yeah, it doesn't distract from like anything else. Yeah, going on in right. the movie. Yeah. Which is really cool. And like the vape almost becomes its own character. <laughs> oh my God. Too, when you like... hear the, he, cause like, I don't know if you, I don't vape, but I do know that you have to like, you preheat it or whatever. And so anytime you would hear the hiss of the preheat, I like my serotonin just shot. And I was like, Ooh, he's going to blow a big, he's going to blow a big cloud. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. He ruled. <laughs> So that's what Earl's doing. And then Zeke is having a whole thing going on where he has to take his daughter to school. But right. the backseat of his car is like absolutely demolished in blood, like buckets of blood uh, in the backseat. Yeah. <laughs> and this is like the one of the first like really tense kind yeah. of things going on, I would say. Right. Totally. Absolutely. I I just spilled something in my car recently, and I, I need to get it detailed. So this brought out a lot of anxiety in oh me. My gosh. Watching <laughs> these guys scrub, and I was just like, ah, shit! I do need to get my car detailed, huh? Relating a little too hard to the guys. But yeah, hmm. these guys are me. <laughs> I love that for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
<laughs> so they go to the gas station, him and his daughter, and uh, he has taken the ID out of the wallet, but not the credit card. So he he gives this wallet to the police officer first of all he's his daughter kind of his daughter sold him out and she continues to sell him out for the rest of the movie basically right he cannot keep a secret from his daughter so already you know like this is gonna go off the rails she's that age where that whatever goes in comes right back out Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's no secrets right exactly she's really the antagonist of the whole thing (laughs) (laughs) i mean she's a foil she's a boss she's a foil definitely she's yeah yeah I love her. Mm-hmm. Oh, she was, yeah, she was perfect. Yeah, she rocked. So they have the whole gas station scenario. He hands off the wallet directly to the cop. Yep. The girl's covered in blood. And this oh is where God. I think the tone starts to shift um, to being more like I'm stressed for the character. And it's less like just yeah. straight up funny, which is really cool because like the rest of the movie, they continue to do things that are technically very funny (laughs) Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of like foils but the way it's presented is like i'm stressed for the characters like i want things to go right and they just keep going wrong and you're just feeling more of like the drama and the intensity Mm. yeah that's what it is the authenticity of these characters makes them so empathetic and it's so oh that's because like i galen right before you hopped on i was telling kayla that uh I did not enjoy watching it. I will. I have a different <laughs> view of it. I, I think it's a good movie, but I did not enjoy watching it because it just made me. And you know, I joked about it earlier with the detailing, but it's like I was so nervous and like upset mm-hmm. throughout this. And the mm-hmm. more that got revealed to me, it doesn't like nothing go again. Like you said, nothing goes right. So everything goes right. wrong. So you just fall further and further into this anxiety, and you're just like. Oh, God, this is all terrible, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a quote from the director uh, about kind of what he was going for with this movie, which he said, like, when people are sad and their marriages are falling apart or whatever's going on, they're a mess. They fall down the stairs. They misspeak. They stutter. But in movies, people are always so articulate and they hit their mark and they're showing up and making speeches. And that's not uh, relatable when people are going through tragedy and they still continue to look great. So he said, when I've gone through hard periods of my life, I'm ridiculous. So it felt like in a way the comedy was another way of chasing Mm. authenticity because real life is funny. And I thought that was really cool point of view. That rips. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, no, it definitely, yeah, that definitely tracks. Yeah, mission accomplished with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, if anybody is going to take a set of circumstances and totally change the way you feel about seeing them, it's going to be this director, right? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> after yeah. Swiss Army Man. Like, right. Right. Where it makes I you mean, fall in love and cry over like a farting corpse. Over a um, farting corpse, right? If, how yeah. a farting, how a farting corpse is a is a way into um, the, the redemption of a suicidal man, and where yeah. you know, where this uh, yeah where this one is this tragic death and very um, controversial set of circumstances leads way to mm-hmm. these on the surface kind of you know, comical exchanges and interactions, and it's just this kind of it turns into this this kind of comedy of errors that just gets more and more uncomfortable. And right. Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. And then it becomes, you know, we're led to believe for the first half that it, we're in the middle of some, some kind of crime drama and we're not necessarily anticipating the direction it goes. 
Right. Yeah. So we don't know still up to this point what happened to their friend. And we don't find out for right, the cause a while of death still. Or, yeah. yeah. Exactly. The cause of death and what their and what their involvement was in it. Right. So you don't even really know like how to feel for these guys. There exactly. it clearly seems like there was some type of accident, but we don't know who's really at fault or like what's really happening right except that they're both really upset and feel some kind of responsibility for what happened exactly exactly and yeah and a need to and a need to cover it up at all costs oh that was what killed me Mm -hmm. that's what took me it took me right back to being like i don't know a fucking eighth grader or Mm. something where you just don't want to tell it's you know something small like hiding i don't know hiding porn or something and you just want to like hide it at all costs and you are willing to build the most fantastical lie (laughs) around it even if it contradicts itself and it ends up falling in on itself you don't care you are not going to disclose what is hidden in that file on your computer yeah right exactly yeah and that's like another thing that i read about the director you know kind of made this movie in response to other movies like The Hangover and stuff like that where a bunch of guys like do something fucked up together and it's just kind of never discussed again and nobody suffers any consequences. Yeah. Right. (laughs) They like go on with their lives. Like at the end of The Hangover, like the dude's married and like- That's right. You know, starting his life with his new wife. And like, Holy it's, shit. everybody's just like, bro, we're never talking about what happened last night. And like, that sucks. Like, that's a terrible way to, you know, have a partnership. And it's a sad example for like families in America. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> so these men are suffering consequences of every choice right. that they make. Like, everything Absolutely. bad that happens, like, it comes back around to them, which is cool. Yeah, and we come to find that this is a um, the, the consequences of this evening are the result of a of an ongoing, shall we say, lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, 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 we, yeah. We'll find that out um, not too long from now. So, like, we get just like a couple more like things going on. The wife calls and says that you know Dick's dead. Well, uh, she doesn't say Dick. She says somebody. Uh, Zeke tries to light his clothes on fire, but it's raining, so the clothes won't light on fire. Right. Then he throws them, but then he has to just go around and pick them up, <laughs> which was pretty funny. Another uh, thing I totally relate to when you're angry and what's <laughs> end and you just make a bigger mess for yourself, and you're just like, yeah. well, I guess I'll pick up all 52 of these playing cards now. Like, <laughs> Right. They try to sink the car, and the car's, yeah. the water's too shallow. <laughs> <laughs> There was, um, for me, it definitely, it definitely echoed elements of, um, of, of Fargo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As far as watching these people fumble in trying to cover something up in those moments that pushes them to break down, like that great moment, that great moment in Fargo where William H. Macy is, is scrubbing the ice from his windshield and just completely breaks down and just starts, Mm -hmm. yeah. And just start smashing the hood. You know, it's just, again, this little (laughs) mundane moment, you know, that always like the thing that causes the person to break isn't the biggest thing that happens, but it's that little thing, right? you know? Right. Yeah. So, and all those, yeah, all those little things that, you know, that they're trying to do to make something right. And, you know, again, everything just keeps blowing back in their face. Right. Like, it seems like it should be easy to cover up. Uh, your culpability in a murder, but it's not. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> in practice, it's not easy. <laughs> You'd think it would be. You think murder would be You'd easy, think. but right. <laughs> oh God. So Ugh, we have um, to get to how it happened. I am yeah. dying over here. <laughs> We're pretty much there. I mean, so first of all, they're doing DNA testing at the hospital with the regular ER doctor, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and he finds out that the semen that was found is from a horse. That's right. So um, <laughs> interesting <Yeah>. choice. <laughs> at this point, you pretty much... At this point, you know what it is, mm-hmm. but you, it just hasn't been spelled out for you. So you're just mm-hmm. kind of like, well, how did that get there? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, at that, yeah. I mean, at that point, it, you know, yeah, because it was, um, this was actually based on, um, you know, on a real occurrence that, you know, mm-hmm. the, right. um, yeah, that actually, actually didn't take place in the South, but in, um, but in North Washington. In Se- yeah, just outside Seattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ian Claw, Washington. So yeah, when I, so when I saw that coming, I was like, it was like, oh, the, the Enum Claw horse fucking story. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like pretty, pretty directly <laughs> basically wait, 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 what wait, wait, happened. Wait. What? Galen, did you just know about the, the Enum Claw horse fucking of 05 <laughs> off the top of your head? Or did you have to look it up like us? <laughs> It was well. They they made a documentary about it called Zoo about fifteen years back, or shortly or okay. shortly after it. It was a you know it was one of those stories that everyone that everyone read about, and yeah, I think I I first remembered it when that documentary came out, and yeah. um, it was one of those stories that people. Um, it was such a wild story that it was probably just everywhere. It was posted totally. on forums and everything, and yeah, and then the, yeah. the documentary came out, and it was focusing on the person in question and really did seek out to humanize this person and humanize like the people yeah. who were who were affected in the small town uh, it was yeah Enumclaw Washington it's and then it's funny because um well uh, it's it's interesting my um some of my family my my aunt and her husband um moved to Enumclaw about about 10 years ago um wow so right after this <laughs> yeah, yeah about five years later and I was like and so, so she was telling me like yeah they've they're they're moving up to this place in um, play, uh, place outside Seattle, Enumclaw, and I was like, "Oh, I know Enumclaw." And she was, <laughs> my mother's like, "What? How do we know Enumclaw?" I was like, "Well, um, uh, uh, yeah, what a wild thing to know wild, about." Yeah, place. yeah. So, <laughs> so yes, so so yeah, it's it is it's one of those urban legends that is not a legend or even very urban. You know, totally, totally. I actually watched the documentary uh, last night, also. Oh, oh <laughs> which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you can find for free on YouTube, by the way. Worth and watching. Actually, yeah, it was actually really well done. Um, oh, and it presented yeah. some, yeah, presented some really wild uh, information. It's basically just interviews with. There was like a ring of people who were involved in um let's say animal relationships yeah um and uh so there was like a whole group of you know people who would get together and just you know go uh have fun and so yeah the it was just like some interviews with those people basically um mm. and they're talking over like uh actors you know reenacting some things mainly um not like that they don't see anything (laughs) not like no 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 no. you don't see anything like wild which i was like a little nervous going and like i don't know if i'm gonna like fuck myself up watching this so i didn't feel fucked up 
really after I watched it. So I think that that, you know, maybe says something. Um, <laughs> right. But anyway, so the, yeah, the main story is that a man died in the same way that, that Dick Long dies in this movie. Right. Exactly. In 2005 in that town. Yeah. By, uh, you know, yes. Banging a horse. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and same thing. Well, like they being, well technically being, being banged by a horse. Well, well, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good <laughs> clarification. It, yeah. Um, it does say receptive. Being the receptor. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Is the recipient. <laughs> yeah. And kind of same thing, like he was uh, anonymously dropped off at an ER there. Wow, um, the death him. was ruled accidental. And uh, at the time, bestiality was technically legal and no oh, animals good. were injured. So they couldn't really charge anyone with anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just one guy was charged with trespassing and he just got like a fine in one day of community service. Well, um, so just hands <laughs> comically all done here. Right. Yeah. Wow. But five years later, he moved to Tennessee and uh, did get arrested for doing the same thing. So same thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's no way they were going to stop. And that would have been post-documentary. Yeah. Yeah. No, this, from what's presented in the documentary, and now we're fully just not talking about Dick Long, but we'll just last Long. We'll back. Yeah. it's like, they consider it sort of like a sexuality, like sure. being gay or something. Uh, I hate to equate those two, but, um, right. you know, like they just have that proclivity. They're attracted to animals and that's just what it is. Um, so yeah. it's not. It's less of a crime of opportunity and more of like that's just their attraction. So yeah, probably not uh, something that's easy to stop. Oh, yeah. Anyway, should should we have trigger warning to this? I don't know. Let's do Philia in a different app. I guess we'll we'll get hard on it oh, next time. Pull the collar a few times and um, get back to the movie. Anyway, so Zeke. <laughs> Um, where was I in my notes? Um, oh, so they had sunk the car. So the wife called the cops to report the car stolen. And it's pretty much uh, just everything's downhill from this point. 100%. Yeah. So like the cops show up knowing, I think they know at this point what happened with the DNA test. Correct. Everybody's nervous. He can't figure out what to do with himself. Like there's a coffee comedy going on, which was pretty funny. Just trying to offer everybody coffee, but nobody wants it. So he's just scooting the coffee cup from person to person. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Kind of. Yeah. You really don't go more than like a couple minutes without like some piece of comedy happening in this movie, which. Right. Well, it's all. Yeah. It's always something. I mean, it's pretty skillfully done in that way. There's always something yeah. to take focus away from um, get, to kind of get in the way of what's of what's under the surface there's always or some or yeah. to or to represent the tension of what's going on underneath totally yeah and uh there's a little bit of foreshadowing that the daughter is going to spill the beans again which she ends up this doing freaking villain <laughs> mm -hmm. and so when when zeke notices that um He's getting stressed. The cops are at his house and everything. He right. calls Earl and Earl in this moment, I loved because he's sitting with that girl on the porch showing yep. her forklift videos. Incredible. <laughs> from doing dangerous forklift stunts at work. King. And then and then his ringtone is down with the sickness, which King. I loved. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like such a small like it's like two seconds of a scene, but it is so perfect every choice was perfect right there and i just have to mention it <laughs> it does remind me of when uh my my partner Lindsay came home from work one day she works at a, a dv shelter domestic violence and mm. and she said i was meeting with a woman today and her text tone was the Ooh, wah, ah, ah, ah. Oh, wah. 
and her text tone. So she kept getting texts throughout a session. Uh, and just con- just going all throughout this whole session. And I was just like, that's the only good text tone. <laughs> that's great. That is hysterical. And, you know, just solidifies that this movie is extremely Indiana. <laughs> yeah, very. Mm-hmm. Alabama, Indiana, we're all the same in the dark. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> you ever been to the Midwest, Galen? <laughs> Spend um, much time I've, out there? Um, I have had a lot of family in, um, like, Minnesota, um, okay. Minnesota, Minnesota, North Dakota, um, Ohio area. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. We're both, me and Colin are both originally from Indiana. I live in Chicago now, or just outside of okay. Chicago. But um, <laughs> we're extremely Midwest, I would say. <laughs> Very. <laughs> yeah yeah (laughs) yeah um all right so yeah the daughter ends up spilling the beans and uh you know then zeke has to fully spill the whole beans to his wife and uh, that's where we get the whole story of uh what's been going on that these three guys are their own little troop who have been uh messing around with this horse since long before he met his wife so however right. long that is many years seems mm-hmm. and uh that horse boned their friend to death I, yeah I, <sighs> yep that's pretty much all you can say on that one you hear it in the movie and you're just like well i knew what it was but now they said it and now i really right, know what it they, was they, yeah now they put they put words to it yeah. I was and. shocked when they said they'd done it multiple times, that it was like a historical thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, right. Because you it don't. Gives it, it some yeah. context. It really it, does. It, it kind of makes. That was honestly the thing that I was like, come on, Zeke. Come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, was that he hadn't told his wife earlier. Otherwise, I, yeah. I had no problem. Right. <laughs> Your main problem with the movie was that he was keeping a secret I from don't his wife. Like, look, I think husband and wife should tell each other everything. Yeah, no, that's a good way to be. That's my one rule. Right, yeah. I mean, they probably wouldn't be husband and wife had he been, you know, upfront from the beginning, but that yeah. would be I think that is like a very clear deal breaker. It's yeah, I mean, as we can as we see here, but it's yeah, I mean, it's very it's interesting how it reveals itself because from the beginning, you know, we when we're presented with that opening scene, which paints it as basically a a typical crazy night gone horribly wrong, and right. yeah, um, yeah. and we don't, and you immediately think, oh, there was some, something that happened with the fireworks. There was, um, yeah, you're having ideas of what might have happened. Yeah, yeah, they give, yeah, they plant kind of you know misleading seeds, you know, for you to pick up, you know, yeah. <laughs> You never see it coming. It never, yeah. it never see, yeah, completely off, you know, offsets it when, you know, when, when the truth is revealed. Yeah. <laughs> after, yeah, no, I was going to say after, after this, again, I, all I'm pointing out are how the authenticity of the characters made me give, like, I was incredibly uh, empathetic to them. Mm-hmm. When, when Zeke's wife basically says, like, we're done. Like, that's it. Like, you, you this is what yeah. you're into? No, we're done. Like, you, you talk about how it's cha- has that, that tone change to a drama. Mm-hmm. And this was heartbreaking for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he you loves know, his wife. He does. And yeah. he's like, good dad, by all accounts. Good husband, yeah. by all accounts. That really was like, you know, the final block in Jenga for me or whatever. It just like, t- I could see mm-hmm. it all tipping over there. They, they sent it all crashing down, right? 
all oh. of it. I was like, oh my yeah. God, his life's over. Yeah. Yeah. And you see that like happening on his face too. And you continue to feel that like he goes to say goodbye to his daughter uh, and everything. Yeah. It's just like, it's really hitting him like the consequences of what he's done. And like we said, they really make sure that you see that these people are suffering consequences for their actions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. I wouldn't, you know, consider this is odd, but like I wouldn't consider this movie to be a great moral about forgiveness. Uh, But I think there is. I think there's a moral about forgiveness (laughs) in it. That these two dudes, that Zeke and Earl really aren't that, you know, fucked up a guys. They're pretty decent, you know, honest folks, aside from one lie. And, And ultimately, I was like, I think there's value in in forgiveness, but I also understand why his wife specifically did not have forgiveness for him. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm shooting from the hip here. Yeah, I mean, again, we definitely see that he has this secret that has been consuming him all this time, and 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 it's basically some something that he ultimately can't escape from, and he's tried to build um, a family over that. And it's basically, it's one right. of those things. It's like the weed that keeps grow that, that keeps sprouting, you know? And yeah. it's, um, Shit, yeah. you know, and yeah, I mean, he has that, that really heartbreaking line where he says when, when they're, when they're talking about it a little later, I think it's, I think it's right. At, I, I forget exactly when he, when he says this, but he says at one point that um, when you're lonely, it doesn't always go away when you're married. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that is in this scene. And yeah, yeah. that was pretty powerful yeah. right because and that really grounds the whole f- uh, the whole film i yeah. think is that it, it is about these lonely guys these guys who were uh, who sought this experience from just an overwhelming loneliness and you know an inability to have intimacy and um hmm. and it really kind of it really kind of grew into something else and then once they tried to build something over it that, you know, Zeke tries to build a family over that and this kind of loneliness that he's never reconciled keeps right. And the guilt that comes with it, it keeps oh rising God, to the yeah. surface and like, you yeah. can't shake it because you know, yeah. kind of, he, he always sees himself that way. It's like when you've done something you're ashamed of, like you, you know, it completely defines who you are. So you can't, you can't turn it off. It just, you, you know, there's kind of a part of you that is like, I, well, this is who I am. It also gives an interesting insight about Earl, mm-hmm. who he has this, his neighbor is like after him. His neighbor yeah. is, might as well be like, uh, you can enter me now. Like, is, <laughs> is yeah, she's, ba- yeah. <laughs> and she's he, only making herself available. And yeah. He, does not make an up. Op- he does. Not- and I remember when I fir- in the first scene they're together, I'm just like, dude, she's a babe. Why are you not like right. leaping at the opportunity? And it makes so much sense now, now you know. mm-hmm. yeah. why he's so nervous around her actually. And why he's so just like, yeah. Okay. Yep. You can feed my animals. You know, you can, we can be friends, but yeah. I'm not going to show you anything more. Right, right. Because he's not, uh, yeah, he's not capable of intimacy and he doesn't want, and you know, with the secret, he can't let someone in, you know? And I think it's interesting right. that, that Zeke has, you know, was able to find, was able to, to start a family, whereas Earl is, has clearly always kind of kept people at a distance. And I think there, yeah. and it's interesting, I think there's, there is that way in which sometimes, you know, you, 
you put people at a distance and that makes you, that makes you more desirable. I think that's kind of what's going on with, um, with, yeah. his, with his neighbor pursuing him. It and, adds another layer too, to when we, when we do meet, uh, Dick's wife and she yeah. keeps insisting that she thinks he's been cheating on her. Right. Then you're like, oh, right. yeah, <laughs> but right. not how you think. <laughs> right. We first have a, yeah, we first meet her, you know, before we, we understand, and we understand the truth of the situation. And then yeah. it becomes even, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, that whole conversation kind of echoes differently. Totally. Right. Yeah. Because she comes back in later after we find out what happened. That's and right. Then, yeah, there is another layer to that. So let's see, where are we in the movie? Uh, He says goodbye to his daughter and she's watching like The Bachelor or something, which I thought was kind of a funny I thought that was a great touch. I just, yeah. yeah. (laughs) It was perfect. She's not watching cartoons. She's watching, she's watching The Bachelor. Her programs. Yeah, her programs, her (laughs) stories. She's watching her stories. Yeah. Uh, That was hilarious. She's already kind of fallen into a certain kind of, a certain kind of taste and lifestyle. Yeah, when which is also like accurate to the setting, right? Like hundred <laughs> percent, right? You know, I mean, that's so. obviously like what she's been, yeah, you know, what what she's been tuned to, what she's been exposed to, and so like that's her her level of comfort already at like you know age seven or eight, right? So yeah, that was a perfect touch. So yeah. Zeke leaves the house and basically ends up just going to the barn to be with uh, his other lover, the horse. <laughs> Right. Um, and that shot of him that's like he's shirtless and like hugging the horse is shot for shot reference to the documentary zoo, which we mentioned, by the right. way, they yeah. do that same exact shot in the documentary. So Dick's wife kind of interrupts their moment they were having. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when we get the the second like moment of, oh, yeah. So not only do we know that Dick is dead and she doesn't know, but we know why he's dead and she doesn't know. That's right. So there's like a whole lot of uh, weight on her uh, presence. Yeah. And then the cops come back. Right. <laughs> and yeah, so it's everything has pretty much fully fallen apart at this point. The wallet comes up and Zeke takes off running and busts the door clean off tries to free the horse but the horse won't run away which is also funny (laughs) very well done yeah (laughs) right right again it's like um he can't get rid of the evidence it yeah it's just everything is just right there in front of him you know yeah and all of his choices have made a stain on his life that he can't clean up so yeah they try to arrest him but there are no real charges that they can press against him so they let him go and um, yeah, when he goes to his daughter's piano recital, that was also heartbreaking. Same thing with like him trying to like kind of reconcile with his wife uh, and she doesn't want to kiss. And he tries to knock on the window to his daughter and she won't look at him. And you're just like, oh, yeah, yeah. it's a little heart wrenching. Yeah. How- <laughs> For a movie with such a comedic title, it, it really does like by the end of it, you're you're just kind of left with this disappointment yeah and it's just like oh buddy you know like i just want to buy him a beer and let him have a breather because holy (laughs) shit right because it's just relentless everything that they've been through yeah yeah so um he goes to earl at the motel Mm -hmm. um why is earl at a motel i don't know he's hitching (laughs) town 
He's skipping to, yeah, yeah, he's but, skipping town with his girlfriend, his new girlfriend. Yeah, but he's still in town currently, right? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> right. Irrelevant. <laughs> right. And yeah, so they're all three going to skip town. How are they all three going to fit in the truck? I don't know. But the man uh, Earl is also playing This is How You Remind Me by Nickelback on the guitar. Right. <laughs> which was fantastic and he's not even playing like any chords right or anything really it's actually terrible but then right. yeah. yeah but then it cuts to the credits start and they have the actual song right which was a genius move in right my, yeah i love yeah. yeah i love that as he's just fumbling through it and like he's and zeke says you know like, oh yeah that's getting pretty good that's yeah yeah <laughs> and uh at the very end of the credits they bring back in the cover which was also a nice touch yeah <laughs> So, yeah, that's the end of the movie. It's freaking roll creds. That's end, Yeah, and that's what we're left with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're just going to skip town, and who knows what's going right. to happen to them. Are they going to find a new horse? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, who knows how, how their problems are going to follow them, you know? How, it's, right. how things are going to how things are going to manifest, you know? It's, you know, right. they're just left running from their problems. And kind of leaving the mess behind. Yeah. What happened to Comet? We're it not sure. We're not, I mean, it, Comet just hangs around. Comet's not. Yeah. Comet's not going anywhere. I don't think we see. Comet'll yeah. be okay. It's interesting. So <laughs> this was okay. I'm so glad we recorded and talked about this because uh, I hated watching this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, I, I re- like the process of sitting and watching this made me feel anxious and general bad Mm -hmm. but like holy shit for such a like because i uh, when i watched it i was like there's nothing to this movie Mm -hmm. it's like a slice of life kind of no real you know like yeah there's a story but you know not that much happens or whatever but there really is so much depth to it that is that can be so easily lost by not actually uh, dissecting the film yeah. or thinking about it. Um, I, I could easily see people watching this and just being like, that wasn't funny. You know, that was weird. Sure. Uh, right. And it, it's, I mean, it's not, um, it's technically labeled as a comedy and the comedy comes up, but it's really, you know, it's a comedy that rises out of what's, uh, you know, what's a very tr- grim and tragic situation. No, totally. It's, <laughs> I, I love that uh, Kayla brought up The Hangover because it's like, what if The Hangover were shot with a more realistic tone? Right. Yeah. And it's just like, oh my God, what a terrible day for those people in, in the worst city, Las Vegas. Just having a terrible <laughs> time, missing their friend, stuck in the hot <laughs> desert. Like, yeah, that's right. This right. Movie. If you right, if if the comedy didn't dominate every scene, if you're really, yeah. you know, if you actually if you're actually left with the consequences of what happens, which is all just terrible, you know, I mean, yeah. com- you know, and it's like, you know, and, and it's like comedy is always, um, you know, they say like, you know, if, if, if I slip and fall, it's tragedy. If you slip and fall, it's comedy, you know, yeah, um, yeah. but they make it so real. It's like, you know, it's like you said, you know, from the beginning, it's like, I know these people, mm-hmm. you know, it becomes something you know, the circumstances become very real. These characters become very real. And so then it kind of, yeah. it straddles the line between comedy uh, comedy and tragedy because you're not quite sure where it falls at times. Damn. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because oh. it is yeah, because it is so real, yet 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 then we're we're kind of off put by these comedic moments, these kind of fumblings of you know, not not being able to 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 set his clothes on fire, not being you know, yeah, yeah. not being sure who to give the coffee to. You know, all these little these right. these little unexpected but very, still very real and subtle comedy of errors, you know, throughout every scene. And and yeah, even though there is so much comedy, it doesn't it doesn't feel like a comedy. It just feels yeah. real. Like that's stuff that mm-hmm. would totally. really happen. Having an awkward moment where you don't know who to give coffee to, <laughs> but you're right. just nervous and like making a fool out of yourself. Like that's real. That's normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, yeah. Uh, it's a reminder that all the hijinks we've been through in our lives weren't actually fun. They were just terrifying moments. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so, I know. Yeah, so tonally, it was so interesting. I know. There, yeah, there's that. There's that great moment at the end when the sheriff and the deputy are, are speaking and about about how they're basically going to going to cover it up. They're not going to let any of of this information. Right. They don't want the town mm-hmm. to get a reputation. They don't want the town to, to yeah to fall apart. They don't want the daughter's life to be ruined. You know, his, his family right. to suffer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then she makes that comment of you know, um, oh, this has happened before. And yeah, and then she says, "Yo, you're joking." She goes, "Of course, I'm joking." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just that, and just, just that moment again. It's this unexpected humor of just you know yeah. reminding us of how on on the surface how absurd the situation is, but also how very real and tragic it is at the same time. Of like you know you know yes, this is something that none of these people really understand, and it's like you know this you know everyone's kind of trying to make sense of it, but also just trying to move on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what would we rate this movie out of five? For me, it gets a four and a half. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, It's real. Because like I base it off of like, there was nothing wrong with this movie to me. Like Mm -hmm. uh, I'm able to now with the distance and and hindsight 20 being 2020, I'm able to say like discomfort is supposed to be conveyed. And mm-hmm. so the director was incredibly successful with that um, mm-hmm. by conveying this anxiety and discomfort. Uh, the characters were outstanding. The dialogue was natural. I mean, it's an incredibly well done movie. I mean, that own, that half star missing for me is really just like a more personal connection with it. Mm-hmm. Um because otherwise, it's an incredibly well-crafted, well-done film. Even though you uh, extremely related to the characters. I did not. I, these characters are actually not me. I lied. I take it back. <laughs> I'm cool and normal, folks. <laughs> you do not have a stain in your car. <laughs> no. Well, I do. It's from pineapple juice, though. We'll get into it later. Uh, <laughs> Galen, what would you rate this bad boy? I'd give it a solid four out of five. I think it's um, the director takes a takes a circumstance that the director and the writer take a circumstance that is on the surface very alienating and something that that puts a distance between the audience and the characters. And and I think the way in which they bring you into the characters' lives and really focus on how how these characters' choices have affected them and the people around them and and in, yeah. a, in a way that isn't at all heavy-handed. It, it's And it's very blunt and just kind of deadpan in how it delivers kind of the core of the story. And totally. I think, um, you know, the performances are so subtle and but incredibly grounded and heartfelt. I, th- I, you know, I found it beautifully shot. And I think it struggles a little at first to 
once it kind of delivers the punch of the story to kind of, you know, there is a moment where you're kind of thinking, well, where does it go from here? And so it kind of, it takes a little bit of time to kind of gear back up into what the, you know, the aftermath of that. But I think once we're there, then you're completely back in the film and back in totally. and invested in these characters and trying and wanting to find, you know, the, them to find the best resolution from this horrible set of circumstances. So yeah, I would give it a four out of five. Hell yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I would also, yeah, I'm also going to go four out of five. I mean, I basically agree with everything else said, but my main thing, like I thought the title is a little off putting. I know that's like, kind of a petty a petty pick but makes um, sense probably why i didn't see this movie sooner honestly and didn't love like i said the gay sex mocking Mm -hmm. and stuff like that sure um but other than that like yeah i mean as we've already mentioned but like yeah the characters were so authentic um the writing was incredible everything looked great the the tone i i can't get over the tone like because that's just such a skill to be able to present something that is factually one way and make you feel a totally different way about it. Right. Totally. Um, I think that's such like, not everybody can do that, you know? <laughs> so that is really cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Four out of five for me, baby. Now it's time for screen vomit. In this part of the podcast, we just kind of romp about what else we've been watching. So movies, shows, whatever else you've been watching lately. Um, so, Kali, what have you been watching? Uh, not a ton. I've really just been getting more into... I've been doing this since, like, course started. But I've been watching through WCW Monday Nitro, the old mm, wrestling. Yeah. yeah. And I'm in the middle of 1997 right now with it. And uh, okay. it rocks. Everything is done so earnestly and purely, and there's it's just what a great time for wrestling. Are there women at this point? Or uh, <laughs> there are women on screen sometimes. <laughs> okay, but not in the ring. No, no. No, yeah. you have like ring valets like Miss Elizabeth and Woman. Uh Woman? Which is a great name. Her her yes, name is Woman. Woman. Her name was Woman. Yeah. Uh, Love to hear it. Okay, yeah, well, uh, that's all right. Well, that, the- yeah, that, that gives us the point of perspective. Yeah, yeah, that does, that, that, that does sound like a um, a male dominated um, sport. Nineties yeah. wrestling, yeah, yeah, yeah. Attitude era male, wrestling, male yeah. perspective, yeah. right? Yeah, We're, yeah. Here are all the characters, and here's a woman. Yeah, uh, but it does rock. Right. Highly recommend WCW. It is some of the best worst wrestling I've ever seen, and the best best. Yeah, wh- but also best. what the what? Where do you? Where does the pleasure derive from that? What the best worst? Yeah, just yeah. And the where does the enjoyment come come from? You know, as speaking as someone who's who, who's been so distant from wrestling, you know, since I was probably like nine or ten years old. Sure, sure, sure. Oh, so you've seen this? <laughs> this is probably prime time. So for, you. for me, I, I have one specific <laughs> gif in mind. Even it's um. Uh, a guy, a wrestler, is his. He's got his head outside between the ropes, and he's yeah. kind of his head is between the ropes. And Hulk Hogan walks up. This is NWO Hulk Hogan. He walks up with a chair, and he's going to do a chair shot to the head, which is one of the most dangerous moves you can do. They did it all the time in the '90s, full speed, just a metal to the head. And he just Hulk Hogan just 
bops this guy, doesn't even, like, taps him. We're like, he taps this guy on the head with a chair, and the guy flies away. That is what I mean by the best worst wrestling. Just like, these guys are barely giving a fuck. <laughs> Very Just like, exaggerated reactions, uh, too. You know, they're yeah. workers, too. They're doing a job, and some days they don't give a shit. <laughs> And you're, that's all you're seeing. It's like it's you the still same have to clock thing. In. Yeah, they have to they have they have to clock in and take them and take the hits like everyone else. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's the same thing as someone just like spinning yep. on a whopper at Burger King. It's just like they they're just getting through another day, another nine to five. Galen, what have you been watching? Oh, yeah. Um, not not a whole lot. I've been doing a lot of podcasts, so that's been like this. So it's so so that's often been motivation to watch other things. It's a kind of homework, but also mm-hmm. uh, but you know, kind of but a homework I love. Um, but I'm also uh, I think the last thing I've been watching, I've been re- I've been revisiting old episodes of um, Doctor Cat's Professional Therapist. Oh hell yeah! Oh, From wow. the nineties. Oh yeah, just <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. I'm so uh, it's I'm so delighted just uh, you know how, uh, you know with that um, with how how well that plays and it, it's such a simple premise and um, it, it gives itself so much leeway and it you know it allows itself to you know pad itself with you know with, with a good like eight minutes of stand up like a good third of it is just you know in the therapy oh. session it's just it, it's just pure stand up and then they th- yeah. they're just able to to just stitch around that with the um, the interactions between Dr. Katz and his and his son and his secretary and his friends and it, it's a deceptively simple premise and but it mm-hmm. I I just love how it's all just rooted in these very subtly dysfunctional people and just kind of and very delightfully dysfunctional and just and yeah. just the the awkwardness of that and it holds up oh it, it just it holds up so well it's so i i it's just one of those i can just put on it in at any time it's just the um hell yeah yeah and it, it just leaves you with these incredibly awkward moments with you know a person who is struggling to help people and uh, you know can barely help himself can't raise his own his own kind of man-child son, his you know, who's kind of in, in arrested <laughs> development, and it's just like yeah, yeah. no one, it, yeah, everyone is just kind of no one's moving forward. Everyone's just kind of stuck in their own bullshit, and it's entirely relatable. Hell yeah, yeah. we're all varying degrees of babies, pretty much, and it's just <laughs> yeah, it just everyone just kind of just kind of waddling in their you know in in their diapers of you know unresolved shit, and I love it. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, All right, what have I been watching? Yeah, uh, let's see. When we were on vacay, we watched through Stella, which is an older show. You never, that's why I asked if that holds up because, yeah, because you never know with like the older comedies, like how it's going to play in this day and age. Like Mm -hmm. I tried to rewatch Mr. Show a while back and uh, it was just gay joke, gay joke, gay joke, you know, Mm. R word. <laughs> like there was like uh ooh. but um Stella actually holds up uh absolutely perfectly is hilarious still to this day there's like almost nothing uh dodgy about it they did do an r word or two i think but um other still than great. that yeah. it holds up really well i actually bought the season on dvd it was like 5 bucks so <laughs> score um so yeah that um holds up in rocks and i also I watched Devs. Have either of y'all seen Devs? I still haven't. I hear it's fantastic. No. Well, I also heard it was good, but I, I have to disagree. Really? Okay. <laughs> um, 
yeah. So it's done by the same people who did Annihilation, which right. is a perfect movie. Um, so I had, you know, and an ex machina. Yeah. Right, right. So I had high expectations for the show, but I did not feel like it delivered at all. Hmm. It's um, so it's only eight episodes, right. mm-hmm. uh, but there is no character development whatsoever until probably episode five, I would say. So does that make a good show? I don't know. Probably not. You're just kind of like, why do I care about these people? They have no personality. Like basically nothing is even happening. Um, okay. Nick Nick Offerman is weird. He doesn't really fit into the show. The storylines are kind of corny. There's like one Russian guy, and of course he's a spy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then this chick reunites with her ex from two years ago, and he's like extremely pissed off that she broke up with him two entire years ago, uh, which is like really after two whole years, that's weird. The one who got away. And of course they end up right. getting back together. As we know, a man and a woman can never be friends on screen without having sex. And um, I think it kind of like it's exploring some of the same shit that like shows like Legion and Westworld did. But they, those shows are like incredibly a lot better. Um, okay. <laughs> and I would say, yeah, this show was like mostly boring. It felt hmm. like it went on for 100 hours. Uh, and watch Legion instead wow. is my review of devs. Uh, a roast, <laughs> devs. A roast of All devs. Right. Sorry to pop off on devs, but I was just so disappointed with it mm-hmm. after I'd heard, like, at, for a while, everybody was talking about it. It's been on my list forever, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. Uh, oh, boy, did it drag. Um, and, yeah, after I had just watched Legion, and they're exploring, like, some of the same exact stuff, but Legion is an incredible show so so good highly recommend legion um and after watching that then going to devs who's trying to tackle the same things but it's not interesting i'm just like i'd rather watch legion so (laughs) that's my review (laughs) copy that watch legion Legion is great. I can say that Legion is fantastic. Yeah, have you watched it all? No, I'm 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 not I'm not uh, I'm not completely caught up yet. Well, there's only three seasons and it's over now. I think I think they're stopping at three seasons and not doing more. Uh, at least that's what I read. Oh, yeah. Recommend, recommend. Great show. So, Galen, what do you have to plug? I just had a a, a film I was in is uh, now on um, on Amazon for rent called um, "I'll Be Around." It's um, set in the indie music scene in Los Angeles, um, and it's a kind of a large ensemble comedy in the mold of like the films of like Robert Altman or Richard Linklater. Uh, you know, just kind of. A, you know, sprawling pastiche of of different characters, basically following a number of of different artists in their mid thirties, basically trying to trying to reconcile with where they are in their lives at that point. Can they continue living the the uncertain life of an artist and you know in the music scene with the changes in the music scene and um, oh, and yeah. how they uh, their efforts to to form and rekindle relationships and. It's a, it's a it's just a really lovely film. It's um I'd worked with the director on a few music videos before and it's um it's incredibly understated, very funny, poignant film. Everyone should watch it. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. We love Dirac. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's there, there, yeah, you, there's wonderful music in it, yeah. Can I just ask like it seems like you do so many musical things. Like are you a musical person? Like do you do music? I I dabbled when I was younger, but I've always just had a um 
a love of music um, as a as an aficionado, as a connoisseur. So um, I oh, nice. I dabbled, but really really gr- stayed grounded in acting. But I just I've always I always love discovering music of all kinds. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. we're big rockers on the pod. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we both used to be kind of in the music industry a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, I also saw that you had this movie coming up, Moon Manor, that looks so cool. Oh yes. Oh, I there's, I, I, I sh- there's a lot of people in there that I really like. Yeah. Oh, I should I should give a plug for that. I'm not sure when yeah. that's um, when that's going to be released. It's in uh, it's in post right now, um, but it's a really really sweet film um and a wonderful script it looks so by cool this directing duo and um aaron granat and um machete bang bang and um uh, that's yeah that is her assigned name and um they're both fantastic writers and directors and it's a wonderful film about an older man who is um on his on his last day after deciding to 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 end his life before his his alzheimer's consumes him and it's mm-hmm. really about uh, it's and it's, it's a movie about future it's, me <laughs> <laughs> it's i mean it's it's really what it's it's about it's about our more our own mortality and it's and it's very grounded in the death positive movement about mm-hmm. um, about embracing that and um and making peace with the li- uh, you know with the life we've led and those in it and um yeah. and it's it, and it's really incredible has a wonderful cast you got ricky lake you got whitmer thomas you got Roz dressed for less. You next to Roz on the poster. That's Hell right. yeah! Yes, yeah, the, yeah. Roz has a has a uh, has a great part in it. Um, Whitmer Thomas and Ricky Lake and uh, Gail Rankin from Glow all make cameos, and then Lou Taylor Pucci is uh, in, is in it um, from uh, from Thumbsucker and so many other great films. Um, Deborah Wilson from from Mad TV is in it. it uh, yeah, incredible cast, and then yeah. the. Um, and then the lead, the the lead actor that it's based around, uh, a man named uh, Jimmy Carozzo, who's it's his first major acting debut at like you know, I think huh. at seventy nine years old. He, Hell he was yeah, a, a, yeah, a, you know, at least in film, he was a a singer and performer for many many years. But it's his first one of his, his first leading role in a film, and he's just incredible. And it's based on his own life and his experiences Aww. as a um, as a gay man in the sixties and seventies, and. Um, it's a just a beautiful, beautiful story. Yeah, this looks fascinating. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I thought it looked so cool. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm so glad you brought it up. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah it's a it was a it was a fantastic script, and and you know everyone is just chomping at the bit to see the uh, see the finished product. So I will definitely totally. be blowing up social media when that um, when the release becomes official. Oh, you got it. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roz has a great podcast too. Have you listened to their podcast called Ghosted by Roz Dresfulis? There's a free plug for you, Roz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 still have, I, I still haven't heard their podcast, but it, I, it's, they've been plugging it a lot. It, I love the premise. Yeah, no, it's great. I listen to it every week. That's like one of the ones I always listen to. <laughs> it's a great podcast. People come on and tell like ghost stories, right. but Roz is like, uh, for those who don't know, Roz is a drag queen and a comedian so like they just make it really fun so even though people are telling spooky ghost stories like it still stays pretty like fun and funny so i think it's a cool pod yeah yeah anyway there's a plug for Roz. absolutely and well deserved (laughs) uh and where can people find you online um find me on uh twitter at um underscore galen underscore howard underscore 
because I love underscores. <laughs> Incredible. And, um, and then... And, and then I learned my lesson with that, and I just simplified it on Instagram, Galen Howard, all one word. <laughs> was regular Galen Howard taken on Twitter? <laughs> I forget what the reason was, or if I was, or if I just, I saw someone else with the underscores, and I just thought, oh, that's what you do. You thought it looked cool. And I, yeah, that's yeah. Right. I have the same thing, so I can't really say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. And now my I'm Instagram has it. all yeah. the underscores. <laughs> I know. Now I'm stuck with it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah all right so for us uh we have to thank thin swimmer for our theme song you can find them on Bandcamp. we're on all the social media at screen vomit one word subscribe on your podcast app um, we also have a discord that we just started and the links to all that is on all of our things so find those links Send us an email at screenvomitpod at gmail.com or tweet us with your thoughts on this movie or other movies. Suggest movies for the future. Let us know if you like our new artwork. And that's all our plugs. So thanks, Galen, so much for joining us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.